developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. There is outrage, anger, and annoyance in our world today. And not because of Roseanne's bar downfall or the insanity in Washington, D.C., No, it gets better. There's a new Star Wars movie released. In case you didn't get enough hilarity last December, let's get into why people are that butthurt about Solo. And not to mention other crazy things that go on in our world, huh? Yeah, you guessed it. Welcome to the J-Bad Show here on G360 Radio. Hey, J360 Legion, welcome to episode 56 of the JMN Show. I'm your host, Jay, of course, and I really want to start us off by saying, finally. I know last week you were promised a double special, and you're getting one this week, consisting of episode 56 and 57. Now, as I've told many colleagues of mine, when it comes to making these sort of productions here, you have to build, maintain, and you have to carry them on. If you stumble along the way, which you are bound to do, you just have to own up to it and pick up the pieces. And you would think after 55 episodes that you would all know that even if this show is late, I always come back like a boomerang. And I know it's been a crazy week since I've been off air. You know, there was another rap beef that happened not too long ago between Drake and Pusha T, out of many of them, because Pusha T just released an album, which by the way, just because it was produced by Kanye, never forget what Kanye's all about, okay? Usually when he does do these stupid things, it's because there is another album coming out, But chances are, it's like, you know, don't ever forget, leopards don't change their spots. But also, Minaj is dating Eminem, like you really should care about that. And then, of course, and this is a big one for a lot of people out there, Roseanne shows just how far right you can go on Twitter until you wreck yourself. Hell, plenty of Trump goons I can talk about right now, but it wouldn't be anything different from what you already know, like when I started the show years ago. It's just the same thing all over again, you know what I mean? It's like a set of dominoes. But it is just satisfying to see Roseanne's stupidity blow up in her face. Trump didn't even care. And outside of that, I hope plenty of her supporting cast found newer jobs to go to. Now, I know plenty of the core Connor family members are doing okay with other gigs, but, you know, there's just that certain amount of people that are not doing really good. You know, they're depending on this show to help pull them into prominence, and, well, she just ruined it. You know what I mean? And the joke that she said, or quote, claim it was a joke, it wasn't even funny. Like, Roseanne back in the day used to be a lot more funnier than it is now. There's something terminally wrong with her, right? There's just something that it's not connecting well. But, you know, you can go on about it as many ways to Sunday, but it's just a sign of relief because I thought Roseanne was just one of them shows that should never have came back anyway. So, bye-bye. John Goodman doesn't need that money. He doesn't need that in his life. Oh, but going back into it, another stupid thing I do not agree with is how the NFL is addressing the national anthem. Now, how come we can never get to the healing process of things? 
as a society. I mean, we can exploit, raise awareness, but we never actually solve something. You see, when I watch sports, I try to enjoy the contest between the two teams facing off, especially if they're my team, which if you paid attention to the cycling, you know that all Philadelphia teams are my team. But the whole point of not standing for the flag isn't to spite veterans. They gave their lives for us to do the right... You know, they gave their lives for us to have the right to do a lot of the things we take advantage of or feel entitled to do. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing against them. When you're not standing for the flag or the national anthem, you're taking a knee against racial profiling, racial bias, the inhumane slaughter of over 250 black people that are possibly innocent but didn't have a chance to reach for due process. You understand what I'm saying? The race relations in this country are at a depressing low. And it's going to take a lot more than bystander syndrome and NBC News special and rap music for us to fix this. You understand? The fact that there are 40% of people in this country that are happy with this. This racial stupidity that's going on right here. And would resort to such petty, pathetic behavior. This will let you know who the real enemy and the problem is around here. Now, I say 40% because that's the amount of people who think that number 45 is doing a great job. I will try to be lenient and say at least 10% of those people are the ones that just want to follow somebody or were brainwashed that to the point where the other 30% are just blended in. But that other 30% is the ones you really need to keep an eye out for. There is something about those people that... They, they don't want to see other people succeed, but they want to profit and appropriate different things, take from people to the point where it's just no originality. They don't want you to have nothing. You know, it's just like when you see that lady that was calling the cops, what, allegedly over a barbecue grill because they weren't allowed to have charcoal? And you know that that is a lie because there are moments in like certain parks where they have grills set up for people. I don't know if any of y'all would actually use those kind of grills, but they have grills out there where you can go ahead and just put some charcoal in, fire it up, and actually cook. I mean, I, I don't see where she thought she was doing a legitimate service, but I, in the end, she got it coming for her because she was such a liar. And then she goes sit there and cry to police. Like, like all of a sudden, she's a victim. You see what I'm saying? It's that kind of entitlement and that kind of bold behavior that pretty much amplified because of Incompetence, Inc. It is so disgusting. And as we as a country that has so much resources and so much, believe it or not, they're out here. When they tell you that there's no jobs out here, let me tell you something. That person there has an agenda, but what you need to do is you need to get off your big fat butt and look. You know what I'm saying? You can't just go by anybody else's word all the time. Even as I make this podcast show for you or anybody else out here that make their shows for you, you got to go ahead and experience things too. You know what I mean? And the thing is, is that these people would love to keep other minorities down because there's something about everybody else's social group there that they're jealous about, that they've never done anything original for. You know what I mean? But they want to take and claim stuff. want to take take never give to and what's so sad is is that you know i wouldn't mind giving them a severe education and an ass kicking but you know on one hand which one's going to cost me more jail time you know what i'm saying but the truth is is this is that there are people out here that are okay with this they're brainwashing and think that this stuff is okay oh yeah sure we're gonna go ahead and make something like this 
We don't like the idea of people not standing for the flag because it's our worldview. We are supposed to be teaching respect. You are respecting, but you're not following the idea that America, being the greatest country that it is, and it is a great country. America has a lot of problems in it. America has a history that it just doesn't want to confront. America has this whole thing where all these people were great people, but you forget, right? These greatest people that you put on a pedestal. One thing is we never associated with them face to face. So we never got to see the flaws face to face. And not only that, but they were people too. They've done some questionable things. Done some awful things. But you know, it's amazing how people will look at other people who are not doing the same thing they're doing. And then they start feeling alienated they start feeling a little weird and stuff like that that's what that 30 percent does but that 30 percent also likes to rally for a bunch of stupid causes that don't mean anything and they like to go ahead and cause nothing more than pain strife humiliation and anything else in someone else's life just because they're different i mean you can't even talk about different things without somebody going from zero to 60 for no damn reason the truth is they're happy with any amount of disarray because it keeps their worldview alive. You know, you take a look over at how gun incidents and mass shootings have been happening a lot. When people, especially the teens, were taking a stand about it. Like Kelly Clarkson did not do her moment of silence. I agree with her on it. There needs to be some action taking place. But it's like, um, no, we can't do that. We got too many hands involved in it. Um, no, there's, it's nothing but money. It's nothing to do with my safety, your safety, or anybody's safety now. But they'll go ahead and they'll take safety and they'll try to throw that in front of you. Say, oh, you know, well, well, the reason why we have a second amendment is it's just so we can go ahead and protect people. But here's the thing. How much damn protection you need? You know what I'm saying? How much security you need before there is no liberty anymore? You know what I'm saying? And there's plenty of people out here, grown people. That saw the, these people are taking a stand against something they believe is wrong, especially when it comes to unchecked gun control. And these grown people will mock them, mocking teenagers, making memes out of them and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because they have ties to the NRA, or they're like, oh, you know, it's it's good to make a comedy out of this. Not everything needs to be funny. I mean, there's humor in certain things, but the humor and ir- irony on this is how these people react to it, or I should say, overreact. You know. I'm a fond believer in defending yourself. Life's not nice, believe me. I like the idea of my gun license. I like the idea that I can pack. But the truth is, there needs to be a discipline. And since this society does not like being told no, or has to retaliate in the most ignorant way possible, instead of admitting that they were wrong, and that they could try, at least try, to do better. It's any wonder why we're in the crap sack cesspool we're in. It's any wonder. You know, we're doomed to fail because we keep doing the same old stuff. We refuse to change. And now that you got pretty much the embodiment of America's vices sitting right there in the office of the president, pretty much holding it hostage until we can vote his behind out, it's unbelievable. And then I can't wait to see what happens when they try to sabotage that. This is the second year, but all anybody has ever done now is just say, Thank you, Obama. Thank you, Obama. Thank you, Obama. No, you cannot blame him for that. You couldn't even blame him for that last year. What makes you think that you can cement the fact this year? Okay, even Bush looks better. Yes, George W. Bush looks a lot better than Trump right now. I'm telling y'all, 
It's sad and it's unbelievable that, that we are in this sort of way right now. But as you sit there and as you look at it, you, you always need to think, how much of your money or my money or anybody else's money as we work and we do our jobs because we like to keep the roofs over our head, we like to play our video games, we like to keep all that sort of stuff that we like to brag about every so often in check, that's why we go to work. But the thing about it is, is this, as we go to work, pieces of that money goes into this cluster of rich people that don't know what they're doing, haven't held any public office, haven't had any background training in this stuff other than lying. Oh yeah, they're good at that. And then they got the nerve to want to look at all of us because, see, we can't get out of our own way for anything. And they want us to go ahead and do it. Oh, you know what? Hey, I'll give you $10,000 if y'all fight each other. And I guarantee some of y'all probably would. Even though that $10,000 is about as fake as I don't know what. About as fake as his hairline. You understand what I'm saying? And it's so sad. It's like the politics that a lot of people say that they're not following, they're not all about. Oh, they get defensive at that point. They get defensive. And then, you see, I think that we should take a knee. I mean, over 250 black people, man. And it shouldn't happen at all. And then, of course, you got the SJWs and the feminists, but I'm going to take care of that in another episode. But you see, the thing about it is is that you got all this other stuff. People trying to pose their views on you. But when you say you don't want to agree with that stuff, and you take a pretty strong stance about why you shouldn't agree with it, and they make you a pariah. And they make an example out of you. And this time, it's pretty much in one of America's favorite pastimes. And the thing about it is, I could say baseball has its problems, and it does. But you see, like with NBA, you probably would say, oh, the NBA has to do it. Yeah, but the NBA doesn't have stipulations like how the NFL does right now. You know, it'll affect the nature of the game. Oh, the, the players can stay in the locker room, blah, 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 blah. No, they need to be out there too. Why does it have to be just one way with you guys? You see, the thing about it is, when somebody's taking a knee, okay, it's a sign of mooring. It's a sign of mercy, if anything. It's kneeling. You you guys know what kneeling is, don't you? Like, you know, I've taken a knee instead of standing for the flag because a lot of brothers and sisters were killed unjustly. Now, you could all go ahead and pick out Trayvon Martin. You could all go ahead and pick out uh, Michael Brown and say, well, they were thugs. They were committing crimes and all this kind of stuff. You can do that if you want to. I'm not saying everybody was 100% innocent, but I'm saying that there were innocents killed in this. And they were not given the idealism of due process. Okay? Technically, you don't even have to talk to the cops. If you know your rights, you know you do not have to talk to them, right? It's kind of true. I mean, if you just follow what they say and stuff like that, you do not have to talk to them. I remember one time when I dealt with the cops, I didn't say a word. Didn't say nothing to them. I didn't have to. But you're just going to have to understand this, right? You see, sometimes what happened behind closed doors will never make it to the forefront. And then people get threatened to the point of silence. And then people just go into the whole bystander situation and say, I ain't seen nothing. I ain't going to get involved and stuff like that. So when you got that stuff going on, and you got the boldness of that 30% out there, Wanting to cause nothing more than trouble. We have to face the demons. And we have to rise above them. We have to understand that racism has happened. And it's happening to this day. And until the day we can go ahead and fight that nonsense. And just try to, you know. We have to find a way to not practice racism anymore. I mean, discrimination like that is taught in general. It is. It really is. America needs to get itself together. 
And it can if you just stop listening to a bunch of idiots out there that just want to go ahead and reprogram you and indoctrinate you into their ranks and just start thinking for yourself. You know what I mean? Listen and believe. It's the easiest thing to do. But if you just would take a few minutes to understand that listen and believe can lead to lying and just realize that you should question everything that's presented to you, maybe then you can go ahead and fix the system. Maybe you're on the way of recovery because you have to recover yourself. You have to break from the system a little bit. It's just something you're going to have to do. But you see, as I tell you this stuff, it's like, you know, you're probably saying, Jay, you're trying to warp our worldview. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to bring out these things to you. Eventually, it's your decision whether you want to go ahead and fix yourself or not. Because if you don't fix yourself, you're doomed to repeat everything that keeps you in that same spot. If you choose to fix yourself, you're well on your way to something greater than what you ever thought you could be. But I'm not holding you by the hand and telling you, no, you're going to have to go ahead and do that kind of stuff. No, it's not my job to do that. Now, when I'm a parent and I have kids and stuff like that, I have to find a way to make sure that they're okay. Because with the way that the public is nowadays and the stuff that they throw out there, it's not good for anybody. And then I also got to make sure my kids are okay because I might have to go ahead and make some Iron Man suits for them to wear because apparently y'all don't know whether to shoot each other or not. Got nuts going up in there and doing these sort of things. And yeah, I know, it's derogatory for me to say that, but you know, what else could you call it? The person's not exactly valuing human life going into these public sectors and shooting people. I mean, you can't even go to the movies. You can't even go and receive your education. You can't even do any of these great things anymore because of these people out here that feel as though, hey, you know what, I'm doing the right thing. Maybe I'm just going to go ahead and pop a cap in somebody because I have nothing to lose at this point. It's not right. One way or another, something has to be done. There has to be a form of control. But you see, as long as you got people like Trump in office, oh, you got nothing but disarray. You got nothing but disarray, discord, and just blatant lying. You know what I mean? Just do the right thing. We know you're not comfortable with people who are not in the same tax bracket as you. We all know that you're not comfortable with the idea of having a working administration because you haven't had a working administration for like... The first few days you were even in office, let alone now. So what's really sad about the whole thing is, is that people don't know how to atone and they don't know how to cope about it. But then they want to go ahead and throw religion at you. I I don't understand it. Maybe it's not my place to understand. But all I know is, is that after a while, the line needs to stop. And I know that plenty of you out there will disagree with me. And that's cool. You should. You're allowed to. That's your freedom. Your freedom is to disagree. Like when those people are sitting there taking a knee. I mean, I had a guy in my group one time go on this tangent about Kaepernick to the point. And it's like, look, man, it is what it is. Yeah, we know. We know. But, you know, at the same time, he did bring up a pretty big thing that everybody need to know. I'm not saying that you need to boycott the NFL and miss out on a terrific 16-week season. No, you don't need to. But what I'm saying is, is just be aware and just understand that there are problems out here that we as a culture and a society, as a people, as a nationality even, can fix. But the thing about it is, it's not easy for people to fix because, oh, that takes work, doesn't it? It takes time out of your day. That safe routine you have, yeah, I'd, I'd hate to see what would happen if something just came in there and just made it ripple a little bit because guess what? There is no safe zones anymore. And you know what? I just feel sorry for a lot of you out there that try to put yourselves in that bubble and stuff. And and, and the thing about it is, it's been there around you for so long, 
And once your bubble pops and you start seeing everything, there's going to be that period where you're just going to be frozen to your core. You're going to be shaking a little bit. And then after a while, you're going to be like me. You're going to be completely hard and you're just going to see all this stuff. And you're just going to say, I got to make it through this one way or another. But I got to make sure that I help people along the way. Because some people are just not mentally strong like you or me. You see what I'm saying? But the thing about it is, like I said, America needs to get itself together again. And until it does, I believe people should have a choice whether to take a knee or stand. And you can't force anyone to jeopardize their right to do so. You know what that is, right? That's fascism. You might as well just have somebody standing right behind that person holding the M16 looking at him and say, you're going to stand for that flag. You know what I'm saying? That seemed like the way that people want it to go anymore. Any sort of freedom. That person has the same amount of freedoms that you and I do to not follow that whole thing. I mean, they're not hurting anybody. There's no actual mouse or no hate. But they're just pretty much doing it because race relations are not where they need to be. I think the only time we came together as a country is after the tragedy in September. After that happened, we were all together and stuff like that. Apparently, that's what it needs. A tragedy has to happen for us all to come together. We can't do it on a day when it's necessary, but we have to do it on a day like when after the fact or hindsight when something big happens. You know, it just and we talk about unity from time to time, but we look at the people that we hold on a pedestal like celebrities, right? We look at them like gods and goddesses. But you can tell they're human too because they do a lot of screwed up things. And then comes the point where they talk about unity, but they're in beefs with each other because it's not about the music. That's what gets on my nerves. You know, like the whole rap game, there are times where I just don't even listen to it. Because you know what? It's not teaching me anything. You know? It's not telling me the importance or the nuanced points that were out there in, like, say, 90s rap. Early 90s rap. Like 1991, gangster rap. N.W.A. You know what I'm saying? And it's to that point where it's just like you're sitting there for a minute you're like, have we really lost our way? Like, there's a whole problem, a whole structure around us. And the thing is, we over here competing with each other, and we're trying to cut each other, we're trying to shoot each other down and stuff. It's not right. You know what I'm saying? And nobody knows the spirit of the hustle anymore, it seems like. Everybody wants that handout in that easy way. Let me tell you something. If it comes too easy, it goes too easy. Remember that. When you're working really hard on something... You have to build, maintain, and if it busts apart, which it's prone to do, your job is to maintain and pick up the pieces and do it over again. That's kind of like what I do with this show. But I want to let you all know this out there. Even as you disagree with me on many things, I will say this, and I hope it sticks in the back of your mind for the rest of your life or until the day I die and until anybody else out here carries on the mantle and do what they got to do. But your comfort zone has nothing to do with my survival especially in this day and age. And now that I've said what I needed to say, I have to move on to what else is on my itinerary this evening. What a great time it is to be a retro gamer. Since the bulk of new games are remastered classics until new heavy hitters like Spider-Man and Black Ops 4 arrive later in the year, we in the gaming community need something to tie us over. Nah, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Let me tell y'all guys, in honor of the PowerPlay series, which I've been saying a lot lately, and it's been doing pretty well on its own, I love it, but in honor of the PowerPlay series, I'm excited for this game I'm going to talk about tonight. 
the 30th anniversary of the Street Fighter franchise. I cannot believe that it is 30. It is at 30 now. All the Hadoukens, sure Yukins, whatever the hell Blanca says when he's rolling at you, get out of the way while you're at it. I mean, it, it feels so good. Like, I just bought it not too long ago. I love the 30th anniversary of it. I mean, 12 games that build up the bulk of the Street Fighter franchise, from the Alpha series to Street Fighter 2 series to, you know, I'm doing it in canonical order, sort of, right? Okay, so you got the Alpha series, you got the Street Fighter 2 series, you got Street Fighter 3 series, and you even got the classic unplayable yet iconic Street Fighter game that started it all. Yes, it's still unplayable as hell. I'm sitting right there, I can't shoot a Hadouken to save my life, but I know eventually I'm going to win one of these matches. You know, as this is the Hurt Locker here, I might as well just do a Power Play episode with it. And I probably will, most likely. But, <laughs> there ain't no way I'm going to be pulling off some moves in time. I think I'm just going to have to sit back and practice this one. Of course, though, you know, they made some ties to Street Fighter 1 on the new version of Street Fighter 5, if I think about it. Yeah, the arcade edition. Like, you actually could play through something that's similar to Street Fighter 1. But, you know, it is what it is. But going back into it, like, as I'm sitting here right now and I'm just, like, looking at the game and stuff, like, everything is exactly the way I remember it on different ports. And I've made a vow like this a long time ago because um, I remember Alan asking me why I do this and stuff. Well, simple. I'm a fan. I've been about Street Fighter for as long as I've been about video games. It's always been my comfort game. My game to sit back and play if I'm having a hard day or my game to just sit back and play, like, whenever. Or, like, if I had anybody coming over and stuff, you know, I would just in- have Street Fighter there and be like, Hey, you any good? Street Fighter, to me, is my chess. You know what I mean? Like, chess is great for anybody that plays chess. And I'm going to look into doing that sometime. But I love Street Fighter. And I'm always going to have a copy of Street Fighter on any of the consoles that I do own. Like, when PlayStation 5, which they're talking about, comes around, chances are I'm going to have the copy of Street Fighter on it. It's just the way it is. Like, it's something that I'm never going to grow out of. I love that franchise. I love the characters. And the music is just phenomenal. Like, this package set here has those 12 games in it. Different images and music showcasing the franchise's history over the years. They even mentioned Final Fight, of course, and as they should, because eventually the characters from those games do become playable on Street Fighter. And I think Cody's supposed to be the next one coming soon, so I gotta make sure I get ready with that. Like, you know, say what you will, say what you will. A lot of y'all criticize Capcom, but I'm here to tell you. If you're a fighting fan, you do not want to miss out on this collection. It doesn't matter what you get it for, like, even the Xbox port, from what I heard, is pretty good, you know, and I heard, like, the Hori video game um, fighting commander controller pad is really good, you know, as you sit there and you play it and stuff like that, because a lot of y'all are like, well, the Xbox pad's not made for fighting. Yeah, but you still buy the game anyway, right? Didn't a lot of y'all buy Tekken 7 not too long ago and said, you know what, this game is beautiful, man, I love it. And not only that, they brought Tekken Bowl back in that, so I know that's an enjoyable game. Not to mention um, Injustice 2, which one day I think I'm going to dedicate an episode and talk about it a little bit more. But going back into the Street Fighter collection, though, you're missing out if you think that, hey, this isn't worth it. It's very good. Like, you also get four games that cemented each and every single itinerary in the franchise here that you can host online and fight from you and three other people in a party or you could just fight anybody you want to and say like if you're in a party and it's just three of you you get to fight against the computer for a little bit while waiting for the match to free up that's pretty awesome 
You know what I'm saying? Now, online experiences differ amongst people. Like, I know a lot of y'all are like, well, you know, it's better if you have a wired connection instead of a wireless connection because, you know, issues. And I get that. It's true. To a point. really depends. Like, my connection's pretty good, but I still need to fight some of y'all anyway. But we'll see what happens when it's time to compete. But you see, just that alone, right there, all of that is a big package for a $40 price tag. And, you know, since I want to start competing again, like I said before, and I already own Street Fighter 4 and 5, this is completion. Not to mention the trip down memory lane I tend to get every time I'm sitting there and I'm just playing through classic Street Fighter 2 or even Street Fighter 2 Turbo, which was the whole reason I had a Super Nintendo in the first place. Oh, you thought it was Super Mario World? Okay, okay, it was both of them, but look, here's how it goes. You know... The thing is, is that I always had a Street Fighter game on every console I owned. You know, and it might be different for some of you out there. Because I know, like, that's not the only franchise that's pretty much having a birthday. Because Mega Man celebrating his 30th anniversary. And, oh, which, by the way, you can pre-order Mega Man 11 now if you want. I'm gonna wait. You see, because I'm looking into getting all of those Mega Man games at the same time, including uh, Mega Man X. Which, by the way, they're showing the boxes for that collection, too. They got collection one and collection two in one casing. And, and that's cool, like, because what, from what I heard, like, the other part of X-Series are not that great. But then there's the first part of X-Series that, you know, depending on what you play and stuff. So I missed out on quite a bit of games for the uh, latter half of the X-Series. So it, it works for me. You see what I'm saying? When it comes to re-releases like this, you're catching up. And that's, like, the most beautiful part about it. Because I know before, and some of y'all are probably going to hold me too. You said, well, you know, um, you said re-releasing is a bad thing. It can be if you depend on it too much. But if you're going ahead and you're throwing these special events out here while leading to something great, or leading to like something new that's going to come later in the year or something like that, and not half-assed emulation, you got something nice. You see what I'm saying? That's where remastered editions are great. But if you're making that your life blood, like say like, all I gotta do is take my PS3 library here, and I just gotta go ahead and just give that away, and then get the PS4 versions, pretty much just to fill in what I have on my PS4, without even ever thinking about the PS3 lineup again, you know, that that's kinda lazy. You see what I'm saying? But if you're building new stuff, and you're like, hey, you know what, this new technology is great, and we got these fans out here, you know, and hey, let's just tie them over, give them something to look forward to clean up the games a little bit, put it on that console so they can keep playing our new console for a while, it kind of works. See what I'm saying? Now, a lot of y'all will probably disagree with me on that, but that's your damn problem. But, you know, that's just my opinion on things, because I know a lot of y'all are still holding out for that Final Fantasy VII remake. It's gonna come, but it's like, you know, I lost interest in it. And I lost interest because it's episodic. I don't mind them taking as long as they need to get it done, but you see, when it becomes episodic, I just want the whole complete set. You know what I mean? It's not like the PlayStation 4 can't handle it, but it's like a big event for people. And those of you out there, you can wait. Because they've already re-released the one I really like anyway. Final Fantasy Nine. But since I have Final Fantasy Nine on PS3 right now, I'll just take my sweet time with it. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of them kind of things. Besides, if they ever re-released uh, Final Fantasy IV, though, and they had them all on there as part of a set, yeah, 
you can consider that a buy. And, you know, there will be more games for me to look into because I think Sega just re-released a lot of their stuff. You know, the Sega Genesis Collection? Like, that stuff is great. But, you know, the problem is, is this, right? Weighing my pros and cons. Because I took a look at the game list. But there was a significant factor missing in that game list. And it's called Sonic 3 and Knuckles. For years, you know, you hope that you get both games in one. Because they were all meant to be one game. I mean, maybe the bias is a little different. Maybe something is up. But you see, now the game's not even on the list. Like, the last Sega Collection had them both there, but there was no connectivity. Because they wanted to bring in all the arcade games last time. This time, however, not going to happen because allegedly there's an issue with Michael Jackson's estate. Because Michael Jackson made the music for Sonic the Hedgehog 3. He was a very big deal with Sega back in the time. They had a great working relationship. But then, you know, the scandal came. And once these scandals come along, it ruins any opportunity for you. and follows you for the rest of your life. Because it's not the contributions you made to arts and scientists or culture like that. No, it's always about what you did in a private affair... And the thing about it is the private affair could be lies, it could be anything. But you see, when you can't reach for that due process like anything, and then you become a joke. You become every damn vice that they can think of. The truth is, is that the man was probably innocent. More, more than enough, he, he might have not touched anybody. You see what I'm saying? But you see, there are people out there who want money, and they don't want to work for it. So what they do is they try to destroy you in the best way they can. You know, we can talk about Michael Jackson issues like that, but if anything, they've become more ridiculous because of how people react to him. You know, he touched them kids. Nobody knows that, and it's not proven. Were you there? Were you the little boy being touched? Because if you need to talk about it, you go ahead and you get in touch with those people doing the Me Too stuff. But here's the thing, he's dead, so I don't know why the hell you going on about it right now. And you see, the thing about it is, as soon as he died, nobody ever talks about that anymore. So it, goes, it just goes to show, like, uh, as soon as you leave the earth, you're the best person walking. They'll remember all the stuff that you do, and that's really what's disgusting to me about the human race. It's one of the most draconian, ghoulish things about it. But going back into the Sega collection in Sonic 3, what it is is that he made the music for Sonic 3, but because of what happened in 1994, you know, or was it 1993? Either way, it was one of those two years, and he got... You know, they had to break the whole thing apart. Because it would have reflected badly on Sega. Like, if you listen to, like, some of those YouTube videos out there that show, like, the music playing back and forth, back and forth and stuff, it is pretty awesome to see that he did make the music for it. But the fact that it's not even a part of this collection right now shows how evil licensing can be. Now, you know they could have worked out something with the estate of Michael Jackson. You know they could have. But I guess somebody didn't want to go that extra mile or somebody just say, hey, let's take the easy way out. Hey, at least you got Toe Jam and Errol, one and two. And it's like, well, no, no, you ain't going to worry about that. You got Sonic Mania, too. It's like, you know, later on, how about just releasing both of them as a set for all of us? You know, just to compensate. You see what I'm saying? Because it, it... for me, myself, in order to do the production for you guys, I have a way of doing Sonic 3 for you guys. But it's just more convenient that that should be in the set, too, because you got Sonic Spinball in the set, and I know a lot of y'all don't like that game. I love that game, but 
I know a lot of people don't really feel as though it's a core Sonic game and stuff. And then you got some people that look at certain games in the lineup and stuff, and it's like, that's a letdown. You know? But that's like my only problem with it. But still, though, it's like, these people are adults. Why not have them talk to each other? You know what I would do if I was an executive at Sega, and I knew this re-release was coming? I would go and I would talk to Michael Jackson's estate personally. You know what I'm saying? You know, no middlemanning. Just talking. And then you reach somewhere in the middle. It's like people don't know how to do this anymore. That's all you gotta do is just talk. I don't understand it. But you see, much like anything, especially with Marvel vs. Capcom, it's the licensing that screws everybody up. You know, you can't have certain characters here because of this. You can't do this here because of that. You can't... It's just... It's duct taping, red taping, and everything gone wrong. And in the end, it just screws the fan base over. But, you know, from what I can tell, it looks like a pretty reasonable set. It's just that for me to do, like, a playthrough with Sonic 3, I'm just going to have to use another method that I do have. And believe me, it'll work. Because it's a good thing I bought it for that system. So it's a good setup. But, just, wow. You know, it's like, it's 50 games, yes, but there is just that void there. And Sonic 3 has always had that void. But, you know, it is what it is. Right? I mean, it's only a business. It's not about our pleasure, and it's not about what we get out of it. But it is a business, nonetheless, right? Yeah. But... Gee, what a downer way to end the retro game section of this show, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. What I'm going to say is, is this, though. If you're a Sega fan, you should definitely look into it. If you're a person that has not experienced Sega in their heyday, but you like retro gaming, yeah, you should definitely go for it. You know, it's well worth the $30 price tag. It's just that, you know, I bought a similar collection for it for PS3, and since I'm an old fart to a point... <laughs> You know, that that's what it is. It's, it's a bit of something like that. But you see, I still went ahead and bought the Street Fighter collection, so what the hell do I know, right? <laughs> which is which is worth the money, too. $40. Well worth it on the Street Fighter collection. And you all should definitely look into it. I know some of you out there that are podcasters and we're all united and shared universe and all. You know, we should duke it out sometime, and it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Now, whether it's a Power Play episode or not, We'll talk. But, going back into um, the other section of this show, because apparently i got to go ahead and get ready to wrap up. Solo. So, Solo is out in theaters now, and you all are polarized once again. Congratulations. You guys have just found new ways to be more confusing than need be. You know, I know a lot of y'all didn't really care for the idea of this movie being made. And plenty of you did not care for the big bombshell that... Disney PR just threw out there because apparently we care about the sexual orientation of side characters. Yeah, you you know, Lando's a pansexual. And threw out a word that at one time people didn't even think existed. Unless you're a nut like me and other people out there. But the truth is, is that... You see, when I say that, it's because... See, I'm a writer, so I'm sort of crazy anyway. But... When it gets right to using words like that that the general populace doesn't know, now they're going to go ahead and they're going to start throwing that word around 
And to the point where it's like, you know we have a gender issue out there. You know we have all these issues regarding sexual orientation. So you just throwing out there just adds more, you know, flank to the fire. And it's not good. And the thing about it is, is that, what does that have to do with the movie? What does that have to do with, you know, me enjoying Donald Glover being Lando? You know what I mean? He's playing an iconic character. He looks the part great. I mean, he's got the swag down, and so does the guy playing Han Solo. So it's like, what have you got to lose in this? Well, you know, I didn't like the way he got killed off at Episode Seven. Yeah, well, a lot of us didn't. Because, you know, the Han Solo from the books was actually a more captivating character. But once again, you all wanted a sequel trilogy, didn't you? As soon as I saw that in there, I was like, gee, um, none of these elders are actually going to make it through the movie, right? You know what I'm saying? Now I know it's like a way of saying, hey, we're going to do some mentoring and then this eventually will be the passing of the torch. Now, Han, Luke, and Leia's story ended in Return of the Jedi in film form. Because obviously they're not playing center stage. They're too old. You know, and rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. But the truth is, is that, you know, they had their time. This is for the new characters. I want to see what happened. It's 30 years since, right? So, yeah, it's about the new characters now. So I can only hope what episode nine is going to be like. But I do know this movie really didn't have a chance because everybody was boycotting it, mad at Kathleen Kennedy, mad at Disney for buying Lucas films, even though at the same time they didn't want George Lucas to do anything with Star Wars anymore. Yeah, I remember. And then some of y'all are mad because it was a prequel film. And then there's that point where, you know, Rogue One was technically a prequel film. And a midquel film. But it was filling in the gap, the 19-year gap between prequel trilogy and the trilogy. So that was what made it phenomenal. This movie here, you know, you're still trying to see where it fits in the gap at, right? You're still trying to see it. One way or another, it's somewhere in the 19 gap. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Young Han Solo. Meeting Chewie. Getting his ship. You're seeing how this stuff becomes established. It's not bad. But then again, some of y'all got mad because apparently the Millennium Falcon used to have blue stripes on it at one time. <laughs> and y'all just sit there. Y'all mad. Y'all, y'all just... Uh, y'all, there's no fury like my fury. Oh, I'm so angry. Oh, I can't handle it. You see... What do you think was going to happen? You don't think Disney was just going to buy this stuff and just sit on the royalty rights, right? You didn't think they were just going to sit there and say, hey, let's re-release the old trilogy every so often and make money that way. No, that's not how it works. They were going to make new stuff anyway. And so far, a lot of y'all are sitting there saying, well, this movie was made with a $250 million budget and and we're going to boycott it and we're going to put a stop to it. Yeah, but on its first weekend, it made like $192 million, right? And there were people out there that seemed like they had, were having a good time because that's what you're supposed to do when you go to the movies. You're not supposed to, like, overtly criticize stuff and, you know, use your hyperboles out of place and just go way too far with it because over-exaggerating and overextending yourself is a good way to get hit in the nuts because at the same time, you don't know what you're talking about. You see what I'm saying? Now, some of the other people out there, they do it for comic relief, and that's good on them. But as I talk to you about this, it's like, because, you know, I'm working my way in the industry, and I'm just looking at it, like, from a storytelling point of view, y'all are still mad about episode eight. Y'all are still mad that they releasing movies like this every year. And, you know, what is it? Like, this isn't the second weekend, right? This is, this is either the first or the second. That's not the first. The first was Memorial Day. Memorial Day weekend was the first weekend. 
This is the second weekend coming in. So it's going to make some money. It's just that y'all are looking at that international gross. You're looking at all that stuff. But you see, as this Memorial Weekend, what do you think other people were going to do? They weren't going to just go to the movies now. This is summertime. They were going to go out and have some fun. They were going to go all over the place. It's probably an afterthought at this point. Now, between you and me, I probably would have saved Solo to make it the anchor film. You see what I'm saying? I would have made it the anchor film to finish 2018 on. Because this is May. And usually May is Marvel time. You know what I'm saying? And I mean Marvel and like what they own and what they've licensed. You know, like if an X-Men movie was around here, chances are I probably would go see X-Men at this time. I probably wouldn't care about Star Wars until like December. And it's true. This was like the first Star Wars movie released in May. And everybody's sitting there talking about how much of a flop it is. Oh, this is their first flop. This is a flop. And it just makes you feel good on the inside saying that a Disney property is a flop right now because it would stop it, right? No, it wouldn't. They're the ones with the money. This ain't going to stop it. Matter of fact, when they did John Carter and they saw Avengers come in and make three times of what they lost on John Carter, oh yeah, they knew that even if if we just slap it on the 10, we're going to make money. They're fine with it. It's just like when Age of Ultron came out and y'all thought that that was like the end. It's not going to end. You see what I'm saying? That whole meme with Mickey Mouse putting those different properties and studios into his Infinity Gauntlet, you're right. And they are going to milk it. The only thing you can do is just sit there and just watch this unfold like me. But the thing about it is, is that if you have a favorite movie in the franchise, and I like pretty much all the Star Wars movies, I love Rogue One. But at the same time, I'm not that crazy to even go haywire on the littlest things. Oh, which by the way, when the Boba Fett movie was announced and y'all started sitting there cheering and crap like that, you know, I can only imagine how that's going to go wrong too. Because you see, as soon as you see something that you don't like, that's it. Just like my Thanos impression right there. Just like that. Flip a switch. All up tight. Bounty hunters would never do that. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. But I also know like some other movies that they could do. They could do Yoda. I would like to see how Yoda became a Jedi all his own. I would like to see the Obi-Wan movie. But you know as it is. Some of y'all will never be satisfied anyway. And some of y'all really had no intent to go see this movie. But I'm only going to tell you this one thing. Stop listening to those critics. And go see the movie. Be adventurous for a little bit. It might be what you want it to be. But when you start worrying about little things like, hey, LaFoe's being gay didn't stop people from going to go see Beauty and the Beast, did it? Lando being pansexual, which really had no bearing on any of the appearances of the plots that I saw. You know, doesn't have any real bearing in this. You know, and his droid has a female personality. So, you know, some of y'all have been having dreams about making love to female robots for years, so (laughs) it's right up your alley. So here's how it goes. Go see the movie, stop wasting time, and here's the thing. Those critics, shut them up. Don't even worry about it. And I'm going to say shut them up just by, you know what, muting them for a day. You be the critic today. And then one day, when y'all come back to the show... I'll probably review Solo. 
at the same time with Rogue One. Hell, I might do a whole Star Wars-based episode. And I probably could use a co-host for it. So, you know, if I ever come there and I announce it to you, be aware of it. But for right now, I gotta wrap up the show because, dang, am I over time or am I on time? No, I'm on time. Alright, so that's it for the J-Man Show right now. Episode 57 will be along tomorrow. And you got a lot to look forward to because there's going to be a powerful episode following that. So, pretty big weekend for all of you. Okay? So this is Jay signing off. Take care of yourselves. <laughs>